Hello, welcome to today's episode of Build Value by Choice podcast. I'm your host, Nana Bonsu. I'm a certified value builder with over 25 years corporate experience as well as entrepreneurial experience. Today's topic is about finding the most cost-effective and fastest way to grow your business globally. And I have the pleasure of having on a renowned expert, Dr. Brandon Dacklin. Dr. Dacklin's expertise is beyond question. He's an author and an entrepreneur with decades of experience. Just a little bit about Dr. Dacklin. Dr. Brandon Dacklin is a lead university graduate who received his business administration degree on his national business. He has led his company called Equip XP to success with over 20 years of international business experience. And he remains continuously focused on establishing business relationships that will foster growth in emerging markets that yields mutual beneficial results. He has served on multiple boards, including the US Export-Import Bank's Sub-Saharan African Advisory Committee panel for multiple terms. He's also the author of the book, Think, Act, Breathe Global, and Grow Your Business, which educates readers on how to expand their business globally. He's a recipient of multiple awards, including President E Award for Excellence in Export, the SBA Exporter of the Year Award at the Houston Business Procurement Forum, and the G7 Global Server Award at the Houston Intercontinental Trade Development Council. Welcome to today's episode, Dr. Dutt. How are you feeling today? All is well. Thank you for having me, Nana Bonsu. Fantastic, fantastic. So I know you've written the book. I know it's been a decade and certainly probably are some revisions are there. So I'd like to talk, you know, if you can give us a little bit of uh, context about why you, you find it necessary, you think it's a, it's a good, I happen to believe that we, we tell our business owners that there are a couple of ways you could grow, right? You could either move some of your existing products into new markets, where in this case, in the, for this particular episode, we, you know, it will be the global markets, or you could, for your existing market, you can create new products for it. Today, we're just going to be focusing on whether or not you put your existing goods and services um, in the global market or whether you want to create new products and services in the new market. So if you want to tell us a little bit of more about what a message from your book um, is and how the updated version of it is today for business owners who, wants, who, want, who plan to or are thinking about expanding their business globally. Well, Thank you. Yes, the book was written some time back, and there's been a lot of developments in technology and internet and things of that nature that's changed uh, the uh, the playing uh, field. Uh, again, uh, if you, if uh, if one has a company and has a product, I think that you have either to service the U.S. market or to service the global market, uh, since we're speaking in the U.S. Um, and we believe 95% of the world's population is outside of the U.S. So that's a, a much larger playing field or uh, in terms of consumers, you have a, a, a vast majority of people that you can service. Um, so we definitely encourage people to, to, to look uh, internationally. And uh, I know in most cases, people are usually scared of payment, non-payment 
uh, from from international markets. So the book actually kind of highlights how to protect your your receivables or how to protect uh, uh, from from non-payment and the resources available for for those type of things because I think that's what scares people. And it also kind of dive into how and you you determine what products you want to send and to what country you want to uh, venture into. And if so, how do you get clients in those countries? And so that's what the books kind of highlight all of that. And some of it also some of the, uh, I would say, some of the challenges I've faced and, and, and how I've overcome them. Uh, it's not to reinvent the wheel, to kind of give people some ideas and some thoughts on how to, how to do it is why the book, uh, I wrote the book. Fantastic. So one of the things, well, main concepts that we tell uh, business owner clients is not all, and I believe you even mentioned in the book that, you know, you only want to focus on one or two products tops if you want to go global. We also do mention that you want to, first of all, lay the foundation of whatever your goods or your products and services are, you want to find out which ones are teachable to your employees, which ones are valuable. They, they need to meet three criteria. They need to be teachable to your employees, at the same time, valuable to your customers or your clients, and also repeatable. Customers need to buy it repeatedly. Once you have your, your top, you lay down your top products and services uh, in, order of, you know, in order of revenue, and you you identify which ones meet this criteria. Then you then you can pick one or two out of that and start to explore them going globally. Now, the question then is the question of the V, the valuable. How how does a a business owner explore or research right customers or a new market, a new global market that they don't have any idea about what which whether or not their products will be valuable to them or not? Or, which of their products will develop because whatever is valuable, maybe they have like, let's say top five that, that meet all three criteria of being teachable, valuable and customers by repeatedly, but it may be a different order when it goes outside of the U S. So how does it just want to go about doing that without being anxious? Well, I, I think um, before you, you venture out internationally, first you have to identify what countries or what region I want to, I want to penetrate because you can't go to all of them at one time. And you, you're right. You have to pick one or two products and then zone in on those products because you don't want to uh, seem to be a uh, uh, jack of all trade, which then don't, don't uh, achieve much. So by first identify what countries, what areas you want to go into. And then you, you do your research based on that. Uh, what problem are you trying to serve, solve? And what, who is solving this problem already? And if they're not, opportunity for you. Or if somebody is solving it, how are they solving it? Are they solving it efficiently? Or your product could solve it uh, uh, in a better way in that market. So uh, how are you distributing it? Can you distribute it in a more efficient way, more cost-effective way than the others are doing it? So we have to find the... Uh, the niche uh, that you can provide in that marketplace. And all of this requires research, research, and research. Uh, there are, and even the market entry, if you need to decide which market, speaking on the U.S. standpoint, there are organizations 
uh, in the U.S. that are, uh, are ready to help promote or help uh, penetrate uh, different markets. One is the U.S. commercial services. They usually have uh, contacts or presence in some countries through the U.S. embassy. And their sole goal is to promote U.S. goods and services. So exporting your products, can, can, you can be either goods, uh, tangible items, or services. Uh, services can be insurance, could be any type of service that you can export. Uh, even um, uh, so, example, if you are uh, a consultant, uh, instead of just working in the U.S., you can go in the, in, the, in the foreign markets to work as a consultant with whoever you are. That's a service, and you're just transferring the service on that side. If you are an attorney firm, you can do the same by partnering with other attorney firms in those countries to see if they have clients in this side that you can work with. So there are other, other um, ways on expanding uh, your services internationally uh, in terms of based on your product um, category. And that research is critical to identify what product needs to go into that country. Uh, in our case, we uh, uh, concentrated on um, capital equipment, meaning we were focusing on the infrastructure uh, development on these uh, countries that we actually penetrated. And that was solely because we know these equipment are not manufactured in the country. There are others that are providing the same somewhat of those equipment. And uh, what we did was, okay, if you want to buy equipment or you, have to, you need equipment for infrastructure development or for a project, what we can do is we can offer you the opportunity to buy in bulk. We can offer you the opportunity to buy in bulk. And in doing so, you can, we can offer you financing to purchase from us give you lead time to purchase from us. Most companies in the region were requesting or people in the U.S. selling to the same, the same, the same market is um, offering it in a, in a cash basis. So if you, yes, we need equipment for projects. Yes, we need to buy equipment. We can buy locally or we can buy internationally. We can transfer money to companies that we don't have any idea we don't trust that they will send us the equipment. Uh, and so what we did is, okay, you can pay uh, for the equipment you need. Maybe you need one or two or three pieces instead of just buying one at a time. We can sell you five pieces or the three pieces, but we will offer you finance to buy from us. So you have time to pay for that three pieces as, as opposed to waiting and buying one at a time. So that was our niche uh, in, in going into that marketplace by offering the financing on top of the product that you're purchasing. And because everyone was, this, they can call on the phone or, or could look on the internet and, and order a piece of equipment. But here they could trust that we will inspect it, give them inspector report. They can trust that we can touch it or they can come inspect the equipment if they want to themselves uh, prior to shipping. They can also know that we can offer them financing. So all of these uh, was a factor for them to trust that whatever we uh, said we will ship or sell to them 
we're able to do so. So that kind of gave us a niche in the marketplace, and then we took it up from there. Fantastic. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I hope that's not too much information at one time, but and just to kind of give you a synopsis of what uh, worked for us, but the no, same could work for others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That mm-hmm. that that's helpful in terms of providing people an act- actual. Um, Know, example for what you've been through. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in terms of like you know, listeners will be wondering about you know, time, because I was almost going to ask you, hey, how do people start to find out what state the, the information you talked you talk about, US commercial services? That would be where they go first. If they don't even know where to look, they'll need to go and talk to US commercial services to, uh, to say, these are my products you know, based on your exposure to the various embassies around the world. What do you think, uh, which areas do you think we can narrow down and explore to, to identify, uh, you know, potential markets? Will that be a fair, um, you know, point of start for business owners? Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. If it's in the U.S., I would definitely recommend that they, they, they check out the U.S. commercial services. They have offices in the U.S. as well, and, and they can direct you to, to where and what's needed in some countries, and then you can actually help, help identify that way. Also, they have services where you can actually pay for where they can give you what to call market entry okay. or, uh, or set up services for you to, to meet clients, uh, qualify clients. Okay. So there have different services that you can. So that's a good start uh, when you've identified your, your product that you want to penetrate a country. Uh, okay. With. And how long, you know, how long can business owners expect the whole process of the research time and how long it takes to just before they can actually start selling stuff? Well, can you give a rough estimate range? Well, I mean, if, if your product is the product that is, uh, uh, is needed in the marketplace um, and you have a, a well-established maybe website now that we're in the, we're in the uh, uh, fintech world, mm-hmm. uh, if you have a, a good website that, that's easy to understand, easy to communicate, and also you're on all these social medias to promote the business, that would be a good way to, 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 you could start fairly quickly. Uh, but the research time, that's only limited to, to how much information you have. Um, you could, uh, I don't know if you can put a timeline on it. You can take a uh, two months to, to six months to, to research and determine uh, where you want to go. Uh, so that could take time because the international market sometimes is a slow market. Unless you find, uh, you get in the groove and you find a customer that's willing to buy from you, and then you can pivot off of that. But it, it all depends on, on 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 how much research you've done and how much uh, customers that you've been able to identify to, to buy your product. Okay. Uh, what are some of the uh, roadblocks that you faced early on and how did you overcome them just to help uh, business owners who may have some kind of trepidation about it? One of the things that we started doing was to try to find leading indicators. Because after we started and then we got, we, we started getting, getting some traction, uh, we were just concentrated on one country and that country had a currency devaluation. And that almost killed the business. And so after you've done your research and you start working in one country, you need to start looking at the next one uh, right away. Uh, when you start getting traction, because you don't want to be stuck with an issue of, let's say, a currency devaluation or let's say, uh, political risk of some sort, um, 
or, or, or uh, economic risk of some sort. So um, you, you want to look at all of those, have some, some needed indications. You see maybe there's elections coming, so I need to maybe hold up, or there's uh, there's uh, there's a, a, a currency issue uh, with the central bank of that country that we may or may not be able to get our funds out if we ship or if we buy, sell to. You know, those type of things, you, you want to keep ahead of those things if you're working in one country. So we call those the leading indicators, uh, you know, your lagging indicators, you know, from your from your financials, but your leading indicators are things to look out for um, in the future to kind of guide you through the, through those uh, unforeseen things that may happen uh, that you may not uh, be aware of. So definitely uh, th- those are some things I think people need to be aware of and keep track and see and keep track with the news and so forth and see what's happening in those regions uh, and what could make it affect you based on trends. So that's that's critical to, to the international trade, I believe. So do, would you recommend uh, a business, especially the small to medium-sized businesses, to hire a consultant or should they outsource to um, like the U.S. commercial services to do this uh, this type of leading indicator analysis work for them? No, that I, I would, if you, that, I don't think the U.S. commercial services will, will, will do the leading indicators for you. That's when, uh, a consultant will come in if you don't have the resources or the in-house uh, uh, resources to get something like that done. I think it's critical uh, to ensure that, that that's in place. Uh, it's critical to ensure that you have systems in place, even when you start exporting, you know, from, from the logistics all the way to getting payments. If you're using any type of instruments to get payments, you need to help make sure that your systems are in place and it runs smoothly because when you start having multiple transactions, you have a system in place, it could it could get convoluted and, and uh, uh, out of whack. So definitely uh, recommend it. You have a consultant that can walk you through those processes and ensure that everything is, is running smoothly. Yeah. How is yeah okay that, that's uh, that's 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 good to know and uh, and uh, I mean it's is this something that you know in terms of and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure people can go do their research, but are they affordable or is that like high end or just, just trying to set a little bit of expectations in terms of range? Well, it all depends on how, how, how large your, your company is and, and, and how detailed uh, uh, you want to get. Um, so I think if you can get uh, some overviews and, some, and, and tracking this on a, on a monthly basis or, or a weekly basis, so it's not like a one-time thing. It's something that is ongoing. So if you don't have the systems in place to get that going, it's best to have the experts uh, to help you through those type of processes. Um, so uh, it, it could be, I think you can gauge on how, how much you want to expend on that based on your activities. And, and sometimes the consultants can work you through it. So uh, uh, consultants, I think, uh, just kind of pivot off a, a little bit. I think consultants are key. Uh, work with experts are key. And it just helps you not to run into issues that uh, it's hard to dig yourself out of. Um, so work with consultants, I, I think it's recommended. That's the same reason why uh, companies use accountants and companies use attorneys to draft documents and so forth. It's just to, to limit it limit the risk or limit the uh, issues that you can run into. So consultant is another one that you, is good to have to help you. Uh, if it's a business plan to put together, if it's uh, 
if it's uh, uh, some structures and some some things that you need help with, or people to at least uh, uh, bounce things off, I think it's good to to work with experts in, in these in these areas. So, yeah, I mean, one of the things that we you know we found is you know, is that the growth is you know one of the big indi- you know indicators of of increasing value of, of, of a company. So certainly if there's an opportunity to go global, uh, you know, why not? Uh, I guess you always you can always look at it, do a scenario analysis and figure out, hey, if I spend X amount of dollars on an external consultant, right? And if I'm getting like in a hundred times that, you know, when I when the product launches, then you know that basically tells you if it's worth pursuing the consultant or not, right? Um that's the same way people um, consult to PR companies. And, and, and again, you, if you are not expert in that area, it's good to hire an expert. For example, right. for us, even on the export side, in some cases, we are using a freight forwarder. A freight forwarder is an expert in that area. Our company cannot learn that space uh, 100%. So even if we have in-house, we still rely on some external uh, uh, freight forwarders, which is in our area in terms of uh, logistics, because uh, we're dealing with air, we're dealing with sea, and we're dealing with uh, road. So, <clears throat> and then depending on what we are exporting, if it's a heavy load, you have a different kind of people you have to use and so forth, to ensure that you don't get in trouble with, with different uh, laws or permits uh, in moving products or moving large, heavy pieces on the road. So there's all kinds of uh, uh, issues surrounding just the operations alone. So it's always good to consult the expert so you don't run into into issues or costly uh, uh, issues. So I think businesses uh, uh, is critical. They rely on consultants, even in market research, you know, you, you rely on consultants because you, you can do that if you are the business owner, some may be able to, but you won't be able to go out and do market research because you're not an expert in market research unless you're one. I recommend that you, you use consultant or somebody that has that expertise to do the market research for you. Yeah. So besides those are the, things. The, yeah. Besides the business owner should be architect and you know, systems and, and funnels and branding and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. 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 So, I mean, uh, Using outsourcing a lot of things helps uh, move things uh, uh, forward faster, uh, especially if you're a small business. Right. And how is the world of global growth, you know, how has it changed in the last 10 years since you last wrote the book and now, especially in the age of the pandemic? Well, the age of the pandemic has been very, it's been up and down. Um, and some markets uh, are doing well and some markets are not. Uh, in fact, with the, the market conditions right now in terms of uh, um, if you just look at just freight alone, for example, um, goods coming from China uh, some time back, you could, you could uh, lease a container to ship your product from China to the U.S. for $5,000 thereabout, a 40-foot container. Uh, approximately 18 months ago, the same container cost you $25,000. That's an outrageous uh, change in just a short period of time. 
and even finding it is another uh, uh, issue. So you've got that the vessel that got stuck in the canal has caused some backlog in, in products. And then you have the COVID. Uh, most people, might, there are a lot more goods and services are moving on the water. And the demand in China has gone up. So every, all the containers are, are, are trying to find uh, a place to go. So to get it is much more costly. So all of those factors are, are playing in a role in, in the marketplace. And you have to pass on that cost to, to the client. And that also becomes a problem. And now they have to now pass it on to their consumers. And so navigating through all of that has been somewhat of a challenge, but we, we're working through it. I'm sure uh, uh, there's a solution to every challenge. Right. Even, even just basically speaking, uh, there are products for vehicles that are not, you can't find or even get parts for. So that has also thrown the, the, the used car or the car industry into another uh, dimension. So there's a lot of factors that are, that are going on now that are not usual, but we're all navigating through that process. Now, does this fall under, because in your book, one of the things you talk about was how to take advantage of you know, various economic conditions. Um, is that still apply now? In this case, it's a bit of a, you know, where the economic conditions are just negative all over the place because of the pandemic. Correct. I mean, you, you have to take advantage of, of some of these things. For example, for us, we quickly pivot, pivot, pivoted in, 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 in selling um, some of the factories or some of the companies we worked for, uh, turn their plants into, into a mask-making plant. So in the beginning, we quickly uh, got into the mask business uh, until it got saturated and we pulled back out. So we were able to kind of, instead of sitting still and not doing anything, we were able to move some masks to help service some of the areas where people were, were struggling uh, to receive masks. So a lot of companies were able to pick up some from us. Uh, and so that was something we, you have to do. Again, that's an opportunity that you have to seize uh, when, you, when you see it early enough. Uh, so we, we did that. Uh, we pulled back out of that. And then, and then we would, we're now back to our core business. Um, uh, so that's, those are some of the things in terms of taking advantage of what's, what's going on in, in the marketplace. Uh, there's a, again, based on the economics of things uh, in terms of export and import. Now there, there are web companies such as Amazon and Wayfair and others of Walmart and, and likes of that are doing uh, where you can actually uh, put your products on those sites to, to, to be able to, to, to sell to the, to the general public. So those are other ways to also kind of increase uh, sales. So you, you can look at that. You can bring them from, you can bring them, in, you can import them and then put them up. And then of course, wait to get paid. So there are all kinds of ways to, to now uh, easily uh, um, be able to transact in this global uh, marketplace if okay. you can get the product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is there a good time to for a business owner to start to get into the whole global growth of their business? I think any time is now. Um, if, if you're thinking about it, then, then start now. 
because if you don't start now, you will never start. So if you, if you want to be in a global marketplace and you've identified your, your, your product and you feel like that, you, you could be successful in it, uh, go for it. Uh, hire the right people uh, and, and start it. Or if you're in business already and want to go, start researching and see how best you can, can move your products out. What are some of the things that, uh, if a business owner wanted to start now, what are some of the things that they should pay attention to and what is the fastest way they can uh, take to either get a breakthrough or, or grow their business? I don't think I can stress enough. Uh, one, I mean, you, you need financing. Uh, uh, two, your product that you've identified, you need to find uh, uh, buyers for it. So in terms of the, 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 the funding, uh, uh, U.S. Uh, small business has different opportunities to get funding to fund your new business, or even if you have an export contract, they can give you funding to, to procure your, your goods. The U.S. Export Import Bank also offers the same uh, for you to be able to um, get what they call working capital to buy products that you're selling if you have a contract uh, in place. So you have to line these things up before you go for your contract, knowing that if I get the contract, I don't have the funds to, to fund it, I can go to uh, these resources to see how best I can raise funds to be able to buy the product, ship and get paid if you're using any type of uh, instruments to get paid. So those are two things. Uh, uh, funding the companies are, are the, I think the, the toughest thing to, to do as a beginner. Uh, one is either you use uh, um, friends and family or you use the products that the US um, small business has or use the products that the uh, Exit Bank has if you if you are exporting products. So those are areas that I would definitely encourage people to look into uh, uh, in when starting a business or if they've started already and need and need some capital to to move it forward. Great. What about uh, partnerships? So you know, because I mean, there's I think in your book you even talk about how to identify partnerships. So there's going to be some countries like China or some of these other countries where you need to have a certain percentage go to the in, an in-house company. How does, you know, how does a, a business owner in the U.S. or outside of whatever country they need to, they want to expand into, what is the process of vetting, you know, potential partners? Because there's been some, some horror stories about partnerships that have gone wrong. So in terms of protecting intellectual property and, and equity and all that, all those things. Now, Partnership in terms of uh, setting up a company and having shares, all that, is not what I'm referring to when I talk about partnership, uh, some sort of uh, alliance partnership. In most cases, I have sold um, product to company A. Company A has been satisfied with the product. Um, maybe company A can now supply company B in that country with the same product and can refer a client to us. And so if he can refer a client to us or refer multiple clients to us, then we have found uh, 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 a partner 
or uh, an alliance partner in that way that is bringing us clients to buy the, the same product or somewhat the same product. Or I bought uh, parts from from EquipXP and I've been satisfied with their delivery. So can you refer uh, to company B to do the same for us? And so that's a partnership there. Or there are consultants in country that their sole purpose is to, to represent you to, to, to knock on doors to bring us transaction. Or, and so in that way, we form some sort of uh, collaboration with that consultant or uh, company or firm to bring us business. In, in most cases, they're a company that are doing the same thing already and can refer others to us. So that's when I talk about collaboration or partnership. You need to form some good partnerships that will, will yield uh, new transactions uh, because the global marketplace, um, for, for example, our transactions are large ticket items. If a company B or company buys, uh, say, three or four pieces of uh, large equipment, uh, chances of them coming back, if it's for a project, chances of them coming back uh, the next year may be slim. They may come back two or three years later. So you have to constantly find other companies to, to, to procure the this, this, this same type of equipment that are doing projects and they need equipment for their projects and so forth. Or if they, they, they have the equipment already and, and they need the parts to service this equipment, then we can also pick that up. So those are ways to constantly stay in, 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 in the face of others to, to bring uh, business to us. So that's what I mean by partnership. Sometimes you can, you can form these partnership by even, um, again, working with the U.S. commercial services. That's a, a sort of, a, uh, I wouldn't say a partnership, you're collaborating with them to help you to source customers, qualify clients. Uh, you can work with the uh, um, local companies uh, that uh, in the space to do the same. So or their embassy to see, hey, uh, I have this product and I, I want to sell it in this country. Uh, do you have uh, customers uh, that we can approach or what companies in your, co in, your, in your country should we approach? So you could use any type of resources uh, that is available to, to you to, to, to work through that. And that's collaboration or partnership. And even working with a freight forward that we call that some sort of collaboration or, or partnership because we are in the long term with them in, in making sure that the products are delivered and they're delivered uh, on time uh, uh, and avoid any issues. So you want to be in partnership and work with each other on a long-term basis. Mm -hmm. So that's what I, I, when I talk about partnership, all those uh, companies or or entities you work with are all partnership. If I'm working with uh, with you as a consultant, now you're a part of my partnership group. So uh, my core group of businesses that I work with are all, I would say, partnership. Not necessarily a share-related partnership, but I'm partnered with them to deliver product to to my customers. So that's what I mean by partnership. Okay. All right. Great. Thank, thanks for the uh, uh, 
clarification, expand a little bit mm -hmm. on that. So mm -hmm. we're going to you know, a little lighten around, so we know we, we, then we can wrap up. So, um, in terms of uh, just real quick, um, uh, foreign currency exchange, any concerns there, or how do people you know get get around that? You know, the financial institutions that have treasury departments that you can work with in terms of foreign exchange uh, uh, risk or hedge or whatever, however you want to call those. Um, we transact majority in U.S. dollars. So all our invoices go in U.S. dollar and payments come in U.S. dollars uh, because of just where we reside, just to make it simple for us. But I know there are opportunities um, with treasury departments, if you're doing large transactions to, to take advantage of some of the, uh, uh, the products they have uh, in, in your payments or, or uh, of, of, in a foreign currency, if you're buying international. Okay. Um, what about taxes? Uh, taxes, again, with taxes, um, in terms of local uh, taxes is best to make sure you have a good CPA or accounting firm that works with you to ensure that you are, you are delivering uh, on your, on your tax issues. Mm, I mean, on, on exports, majority of exports are not taxable, but their business income is taxable. So that's, that's the areas that you want to look into uh, or again, hire the experts to help you, uh, uh, work through that. They have this. This there's a uh, there's a. Uh, I think there are other products. One called the IC Disc uh, in the export business. You can use those to also uh, incentive to 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 export more. So I think uh, if you if you're in the U.S., I think exporting uh, uh, they, they, there's products that, that help you export. And I mentioned some of it. It's the U.S. Export Import Bank, the SBA, the U.S. Commercial Services. There are uh, different products that can they promote exports. So uh, export of U.S. businesses or U.S. U.S. services. So you could tap into all those and see what. So in doing your research, I would look at those those entities to see what they offer uh, uh, that will benefit you in, in, in your in your endeavor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does health insurance come into play in the export-import business at all? If you have uh, clients, uh, you, you, you want to do that. Uh, there, are, there are some external insurances you can buy if you're traveling a lot internationally. Um, and there are some security uh, things you can also do pay for uh, when you travel internationally. Um, there, are, there are different things I would also even recommend. I don't have... Uh, so I think the U.S. Trade Department has a, a site, and if you are traveling, you, you, you fill out the form where you want to be and so forth. So if you, if you run into trouble, uh, they know where you are and can can account for you as one of the people they can pick up in terms of as far as the embassy is concerned. So there's a lot of things that you could research and see how best you can can utilize. Well, great. Thanks a lot for your time, Dr. Brennan Darton. This was great and helpful uh, for our audience. I know I learned a lot. Um, any parting kind of message or key takeaways you want our listeners to take away? Hmm. Well, um, 
again, uh, I would probably recommend if, if if people are looking to get into the export business or the NRA wants to know more, uh, to pick up uh, uh, one of my books, uh, which is called uh, Think, Act, Global, and Grow Your Business. I have a companion guide that goes with that, that allows you to maybe go through some sort of uh, work study uh, to to have your goals and everything set to kind of walk you along the books to see how you can get you established if you learn to go exports. And then I have how to finance the sale. That's also a companion guide that will help you if, and talk about some of these uh, financial services that you can use uh, to, to, to trade. Um, and then the, the last part is uh, it may seem easy, just like anything else. Uh, you have to put the work into it. Um, uh, hopefully your, your learning curve may be a little bit uh, much smaller than mine uh, because you have my resources to look through and other resources to look through in terms of the research, 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 research. And then, of course, you got to persevere. Uh, no matter what, you got to stay the course and work hard and uh, overcome all obstacles as you go through it, uh, just like any business. So that would be my, my last words. Thank you very much for having me here, Nana Bonson, on your podcast. I hope I can be of help to you in the future. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. We'll love to have you back uh, sometime in the future to, uh, for a sequel. Um, now, if people want to you know, reach you, reach, reach you uh, how can people reach out to you? Do you have any social media handles or any platforms that... Yes, uh, my source, all my social media handles are Vernon Darko. And so on LinkedIn, on, uh, on Instagram, on um, Twitter, uh, Vernon Darko is my, my name. And I also have a website, vernondarko.com. And you can reach me there. Um, so, or you can reach me at info at my company, which is equipxp.com, E-Q-U-I-P, xraypeter.com. Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you again. Uh, we're going to have um, Vernon's information and some of these additional uh, books that he mentioned. We're going to have it on the show's Facebook page. Uh, just You can just search for Build Value by Choice and, uh, and join us on that community and uh, get all that information from there. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you.